All right, if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7, verses 24 through 28. And when the messengers of John were departed, he began to speak unto the people concerning John. What went ye out to the wilderness for to see? A reed shaken by the wind? And what went ye out to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they which are gorgeously apparelled and live delicately are in king's courts. But what ye went out to see? A prophet? Yea, I say unto you, and much more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before the face, before thy face, which shall prepare the way before thee. For I say unto you, among those that were born of a woman, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. But he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Father, I pray that you just speak to our hearts. We thank you for John. We thank you that he is one of the greatest preachers that we would ever hear of and all that he did. And especially the way he died, Lord, we thank you for his faith and his faithfulness now. May we pattern our life to go forward in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. There have been a lot of great preachers through the years. And I'm satisfied you, uh, you have your favorite, even today, uh, to listen to. Um, I guess the first TV preacher I ever remember coming on TV in our house was uh, Billy Graham. Old boy still living. Still writing, still talking about what's coming and looking forward to going. And I'm sure you have your favorites. There, there are many um, today that have touched our lives, that speak to our hearts. Many of you I've heard, um, hey, when you're at home, you, you listen to Dr. Stanley, you listen to Dr. Wilton. Hey, both of these are great men of God. And I, I praise the Lord I've had personal time with both of them. And uh, they are. They are a man of God, and I just praise God for uh, allowing uh, my path and theirs uh, in years past uh, to cross one another. But the greatest preacher is there in verse 28, John the Baptist. Jesus said there's never been a man born of a woman who's any greater, any greater prophet, any greater preacher uh, than John the Baptist. Well, what about John? I mean, he... He was something else. That's all I can tell you. Um, he didn't it make no difference what people thought about him. His concern was to see people saved. And so as we look at his life tonight, uh, John was unimpressed, first of all, as to who he was. Now, we understand and we know that he was a son of Zacharias and Elizabeth. And um, we know that he was a cousin to Jesus. We know that he was a forerunner of, the, of Christ. The angel of the Lord told Zechariah, said, uh, you, you're going to have a, a, a son, you and Elizabeth, even in your old age. And um, they told him, said, he will not taste of strong drink, and he will be great, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit of God, and you're going to call him John. Well, that's a lot of issues settled that parents today when they're about to have a baby, I mean, hey, they get to thinking about all this stuff and things. 
And, um, you know, Lynn, bless her, uh, hey, she even prays for our grand young'uns. Uh, of course, we got them strung out uh, far in, in age now, but praying for them to find a godly mate. A godly mate. It's important. And it's okay to pray that way. We see that John is so unimpressed about uh, who he was. We see the privilege that he had in, in uh, preaching the gospel of Jesus, whom he had never met at this time. And uh, we think about not only his privilege, but his popularity. Many multitudes, the Bible says, came out to hear him. And, um, you know, the way he was dressed, camel's hair and a leather belt, and eating locusts and wild honey. Hey, we got to go see this character. He must be something else. Well, you know, he, his voice captured people. And the Holy Spirit of God spoke to people. And John, of course, had the privilege of baptizing Jesus. Now, that only happened one time. And John was the man. Um, John said, I must, and I, I like this part, and, and it's the way we as Christians should feel. He said, I got to decrease so he can increase. He's coming on the scene. In fact, before he baptized Jesus, he told that multitude, that crowd, he said, if you think I'm something, there's one coming a whole lot mightier than I that I'm not even worthy to reach down and loosen or and or tie his shoelaces. And so as he was preaching, all of a sudden, the scripture says that John pointed and said, Behold, as this look, yonder he comes. I told you he's coming. He is the Son of God who taketh away the sins of the world. So John was unimpressed as to who he was. Secondly, he was, he was uninterested in, in where he served. You know, I, I don't know I, uh, about some preachers. Um, you know, sometimes they won't to be at the top of the ladder when they haven't started at the bottom. And I get kidded these days. Oh, you at the first Baptist. Well, yeah. Took me 30 years to get here. Don't you think I deserve the first? <laughs> John was, he was unconcerned as to where he served. God said, I want you to go off out there in the wilderness. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to clothe you. I'm going to feed you. But what I want you to do is just begin to preach. You just preach. Um, I can't think of the movie something. I know Daryl will tell me. Daryl, you tell me. Uh, if you build it, they'll come. It was a baseball movie. What was it? Hunt Field of Dreams. Okay. Well, you know, John's life was planned before he was born. He was a gift from God. And after he arrived and began to grow up, he became a gift to man in order that he might share the gospel of Jesus. So he was uninterested in where he, he served. He, he was in the desert. Um, I say this, the mark of a real, genuine preacher is how he treats people that he don't need. How he treats people that he don't need. And those people that he thinks he does not need, he might find out that he needs them. A real genuine preacher. One who cares. So John was in, uninterested in where he served. He just wanted to serve the Lord. A third thing about um, the greatest preacher was he was unafraid of, of what he had to say. You know, when you 
when you are proclaiming the gospel, whether it be um, sharing one-on-one, or whether it be teaching in a Sunday school class, or whether it be preaching, or whether it be singing, when you're sharing the word of God, it makes no difference. It makes all the difference in the world when we are unafraid to speak out the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, In Luke 3, I I want to turn there, if you will, just uh, Luke 3, beginning with verse 7. If I can locate it very quick. Luke 3, 7. This is what John said. Now he's preaching and the crowds are beginning to gather. Luke 3, beginning with verse 7. Then said he to the multitude that came forth to be baptized of him. O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth therefore fruits worthy of repentance and begin not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham as to our father. For I say unto you that God is able to of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, which bringeth not, bringeth not forth good fruit is hewed down and cast into the fire. Who hath warned you? Well, we think about who hath warned us. You know, without the preaching of the word, uh, the Bible talks about there, there be uh, no salvation without the preaching of the word. And how are they going to preach unless they be sent? And John was sent out into the wilderness to proclaim the word. And God didn't say, now, John, you're going to get out there. There'll be thousands. It's going to show up. No, you just go and you preach and I'll bring the people to you. And so, you know, that's, that's how it is. Um, Teddy Huffman is, is gone now. Uh, he was a, a black singer, and he had a gospel group, and um, he made a statement one time. One of the old boys had, had gone through cancer, and uh, he had just about lost his mind, and he, he said, I want to keep singing, Teddy, and he said, well, all you got to do, you stand up there with us. We'll feed the words to you if you'll just stand up there. Well, that's all God asks us to do. Hey, if you'll just stand up there, or if you'll just go visit, I'll give you the words to say. And so, you know, we must rely upon the Holy Spirit of God. And, and so we see, uh, John, here, uh, another thing about him. that He was unshaken. Wow, what he saw, the lightning has hit. We had a man here Wednesday night that checked all this out, and they couldn't make it pop. So I told Mr. Nick a while ago, I said, probably it's my stent. Who knows? I mean, it's not a loose wire. There's a loose wire in the pulpit. It's not a loose wire in in here. Uh, but you know, they they're trying to correct the thing, and it just uh, I don't know what's wrong with it. But John was unshaken by what he saw. He saw the multitudes begin to turn their attention to Jesus instead of him. Once Jesus came on the scene, I can just see it. I, the, the scripture doesn't bear this out as I can find. But as, as the Bible says, when Jesus came up out of the water, that there was a, that the Spirit of God descended on him in the form of a dove and a voice spoke and said, This is my son, hear him well. And hey, I can just imagine John walking out of the water at that time 
and just turning it over to Jesus and going on about his merry way. Uh, this is the way John wanted it. I've got to decrease so he can increase. Well, let me give you a last thing about He was unashamed about what he felt. He felt impressed of God to do what God called him to do. Now it was time to step aside and allow the Holy Spirit, hey, to continue uh, uh, to use him. You know, there will come a day when it will be time for me to step aside and somebody else take it, okay? And I hope that God be in my witness that it will be a sweet time a sweet time in the spirit, a sweet time of fellowship. Well, John left out of there, and he continued to preach. And because O'Herod had married his sister-in-law out of a big mess, John said, you, you shouldn't have done that. You should have never married her, and it made him mad. And the Bible says that, that John was arrested. Now, I've searched and searched and searched, and I cannot find all that I wanted to find out about this arrest, other than he was arrested because he brought up the sin that didn't suit. And so, uh, when he was arrested... The Bible talks about that John still had disciples, okay, people that he had led to the Lord and baptized. And they were visiting him, what I can understand. They were visiting him in prison after he was arrested. And so John says, I want you to go back out there and talk to Jesus and ask him, is he the, is, is he the one now that's going on and, and, and doing what I started and what have you? Well, the disciples went and they asked Jesus, and Jesus said, you go back and tell him that, that you yourself have seen the dead raised, the lame healed, the blind getting their sight, the dead being raised, on and on he goes. He said, you go back and tell John all that stuff that he started is continuing on today. And so he was arrested, put in prison, and then there came a day when his head was required of him. And the, requ the request was, I want his head chopped off and presented in here on a platter. And that's what happened. Now again, uh, he was a man sent from God and he was sent from God to preach. Preach the gospel. And I'm sure that John, like all the rest of us, got discouraged. He got disgusted. And especially when he was probably put in prison, he became depressed. And I can't imagine what he must have went through when they put him in the guillotine and he heard the thing sliding, just seconds, and his head chopped off. Now the disciples learned about this, and the Bible says that disciples went and told Jesus. Now somewhere or another, and I have racked myself and looked and looked, that the disciples visited John just prior to this beheading. And that he simply told the disciples, 
Go tell Jesus. And that's what we need to do, is go tell Jesus. Now, he knows our thoughts. He knows our intent before we even tell him. But he said, I hear the cries of my children, and I expect you to call on me. I will answer thee and show you great and mighty things. But I just, I underline that simple statement, go tell Jesus. And what does Jesus tell us to do but to go tell the lost world? And that was John's main thing, was telling people about Jesus. What if Jesus hadn't showed up? Thank God he did. Today, our job is to tell people about Jesus that he's coming back. There's no what if there. I believe and I have all faith in the world that he's coming back. Could be very soon. May not be in my lifetime, but he is coming back. Father, thank you for this, your word tonight. Thank you for John the Baptist. Lord, I thank you for his life. I thank you for his death. And Lord, I just thank you that I know where he is. And Lord, one of these days, not only will we see God, uh, you as our father and Jesus as our brother and the Holy Spirit, but we're going to be able to to see John. Uh, Lord, I just thank you and praise you for uh, true stories in the Bible that whets our appetite to to go further, um, to lead us into uh, depths that we've never been in before, lead us into places Uh, that we've never been before to proclaim your word. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for those who have come tonight. I pray that you bless every home that's represented in this room and that you just uh, be real to us now in Jesus' name, amen.